Okay, what's the last one about? Hey, Gary, you got your phone turned off? <laughs> <laughs> it's pastor's jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Take your Bibles. <laughs> I need to, I need to put a sign up here, no texting or surfing or anything else while you're in, in church. Amen. Good for you. Take your Bible to first Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians. That was just a little humor. <laughs> well, it's like Mary, I heard Mary, I wanted to say something when she said that. Well, don't you just read it? I was like, yes! Now, when you're on that other side, it's easy to, to go back at the guy that's standing here behind the pulpit. It's easy stuff. First Thessalonians, uh, you don't have to stand. Don't, don't stand yet. Uh, it's just, I'm going to read a couple verses. I'm going to talk for an hour or two. And we won't do that either. Hey, I need one of those prayer lists uh, because I'll be doing the prayer. If you could, thank you. First Thessalonians chapter 1. Paul and Silvanius, Silvanius and Timotheus, unto the church of the Thessalonians, uh, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you, uh, every one of, of you all toward each other aboundeth. So that we ourselves glory in you in, in the churches. They brag about them everywhere they go. Uh, of God for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations uh, ye endure. Which is a manifest, manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. That ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer. Seeing it is a righteous thing to God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. I do pray that you give us something out of your precious holy word. Clear my mind. Give me the, the thoughts and the words to say. Uh, Lord, to comfort your people and to help us to get through uh, this life and, and uh, be a witness to you. And thank you for all you've done for us. And Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Paul is sitting here talking to the Thessalonians. And, and the title of this message is Counted Worthy. Uh, if you ever went through life, uh, uh, here recently I've heard a lot of people, they, uh, these, this problem, uh, Brother Joe has his son, uh, Paige is sitting here tonight, got his son, got some health issues. We had Esther with some health issues. Uh, uh, I think I got some health issues still going on for life. Uh, but, I mean, all the way through here, it goes it, the, the gambit is all the way across the spectrum. And, and the Lord puts stuff in our lives sometimes to, so we can learn how to have patience with one another and, and then to slow down in life and take care of some things. But sometimes things just happen to us and we say, why does it happen? Why does it have to happen? Uh, but you, he says right there in the verse, which I like it, which is a manifest, manifest token, verse 5, 2 Thessalonians 1.5, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which ye also suffer. You suffer on this planet because God wants you to rule and reign with him on the other side. And, brother, whether you, for all sin, for all sins come short of the glory of God, each and every one of us has stuff in here. I don't know about you, uh, but sometimes things happen in our lives, and I think it's a direct response to the way we live. And God takes, he says, look, man, i got to take care of some stuff in your life. And trials and tribulation comes into our lives, and it hits us, and we sit there and watch the thing happening. And, and how we react to those things is what the world sees. Paul's sitting here going, so he goes, he goes, we are bound to thank God always, verse 3. 
for you all, for, for you brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. Uh, you should never get to a place where you think you've arrived. We've never arrived. You have to grow and continue to grow and continue to grow and continue to grow. And just know that people are going to come by and they're going to say stuff to you that uh, you probably didn't want to hear or you didn't want to know. And it's nothing to get offended about. Uh, my Lord and Savior went before Pilate and looked at him and Pilate looks at him and, and he says, what is truth? And standing right before him. Uh, he got beat to within an inch of his life. Uh, you couldn't kill him if you wanted to. Paul had his head cut off. At the end of his life, he's all by himself. And most of the Christians turned against Paul. I won't say they turned against him. They just weren't backing him anymore because the typical human has to have glory. And brethren, our glory isn't ours. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you start backing away from life and letting the Lord have glory in your life, you know what he does sometimes? He starts dumping more. Take your Bibles go to First Peter real quick. I won't be long tonight, I promise. The weather's not good. We're not going to have Bible class tomorrow night uh, because I know that we're getting ready to have some bad weather. We might not have any bad weather, but I don't want anybody to try to get here uh, and, and not be able to get home. We're not, also, we're not going to go up to, if you want to go and you want to go to Canton, you're more than welcome. Uh, but I'm not going to take a church bus up there or anything like that because the weather is getting bad and it's going to get bad further north. And, I, and people need to get back and have to be back at set times. And I just don't want to take the chance on not getting anybody back or having an accident and, and something like that. So if you do want to go, the, the, the roads are all open. You all are high whites and you know how to drive in snow. It's not like you're all from down south. And southern guys, they always think that everything's about the south. But you put them up here, you give them, you give them a... You even put snow on TV and they start wrecking. I mean, it's bad. I mean the, 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 the announcers announce that we're going to have snow in two weeks. And, and they've got 30-car pileup down there somewhere because they slip and slide and they don't know how to drive. In, in the, they don't know how to drive in a broadcast. This is what the problem is. Uh, we know how to drive in snow. We live in it, but, but it's no use taking chances. First Peter 4, Paul's talking again, or Peter's talking here which is uh, down to verse 12. He says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you. Ever been through something? And you're just going through it, and you're like, ah, why is this happening? I had one of those days yesterday. You never, you never, oh, I have to tell this. I have to tell you. You mind if I tell this? I'll make it really good on your part. She won't cry. I went and bought some, some, uh, freezers and refrigerators to help a, a brother of mine out is building a church and I went down to Cincinnati to get these freezers and refrigerators and and I loaded them up in my trailer and I got them up in the trailer everything's good and I even looked at them I had them squished together I said man I said you know if I get this thing home I said somewhere probably down I'm gonna bump and this thing's gonna go and it's got glass doors on it real nice refrigerator it's gonna nice nice doors everything's nice nice I mean it's just beautiful and uh, and I'm like, I, I'm gonna put something between them. So I put stuff between them so they wouldn't crash together and bust the glass on the way home. I'm like, yes, praise God, hallelujah. I get in my driveway and there they are. They're perfectly fine. They're nothing busted. Everything's fine. I'm doing this to help a brother, you know. So and so uh, in the process of doing this, my lovely wife asked me. She said, "We really need to go get them." Sometimes it's good to listen to your wife, and sometimes it's not. She said, it's, 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 we need to really go get those off because it's going to rain. I could have, at this point, I could have really cared less if it rained on them. They would dry out. However, comma, I said, okay, let's go over and do it. And, brethren, sometimes you got to ask yourself if you're asking too much of somebody 
and you don't give them the benefit of, of the, the doubt that they need to have. Uh, sometimes we, we push people too far, and we do that in our Christian walks, and I think I did that yesterday. Uh, but anyways, uh, so we get all the way over here, and I'm still happy. Nothing's broke. Everything's just like it was when I got it. And we didn't get it off the trailer till it tumbled over, and the front glass just smashed all over the driveway out there. And that wasn't it. <laughs> and then if you were here today, you helped me set it back up because it was in the floor over here. I, to get it in the door, it happened again. And it flipped over and is laying on the ground. And it stayed there. I just said, let's get out of here, man. Let's get out of here. We're done. I'm done. If we go any further, I said, this thing is going to just be a pile of, of scrap heat stuff, man. We're going to have Freon all over the place. And out there, I had to take the truck and lift it up and try a strap to it and hold it so we could lift the thing back up and get it back up and all this other stuff. And I'm sitting there going, I woke up this morning, the Lord said, are you thankful for that? I said, yeah, man. I said, thank you, Lord. I said, first of all, you let me go get something. And it just didn't work out, but that's okay, but thank you. I said, I, I don't want to get to the place. And I was driving on the way over here. Beth was all tore up because she felt like I was really mad at her. And I really wasn't. I was mad at myself more than I was mad at her. But on the way over here, he said, is it nice that your wife is sitting at home crying, thinking that it's all her fault? I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it is, don't you? Don't we agree on something here? <laughs> and uh, I picked the phone up and called her. I said, Beth, this is not your fault. It's mine. I want you to know that. It's not, did I not do that? I said, it's not your fault. It was mine. I ask you to do something that you was a little more than what you needed to do. It, by the way, it took five guys, six guys to lift that thing up back of there. Uh, uh, it took one, one Ford or one uh, Nissan van or five guys, six guys, whichever one you want. Uh, but we got it back up, and I'll fix it, and I'll put it back together. But you got to sometimes things happen in your life, and you can get all mad and bent out of shape over it and blame everybody else in the whole wide world, and you're really missing the blessing. Uh, what does the Lord care about a refrigerator? Or what does he care about anything? You know what he cares about is how are you going to react when your refrigerator, not once, but twice, smashes on the ground. And right in front of you, and I'm like, ah. at the moment I wasn't, uh, what's the word? Cordial. Yeah, cordial is probably sweet. I wasn't pleasant. I wasn't, I wasn't Christian-like. <laughs> At that moment, I was more like a chief, Navy chief. But brother, he says, he says but rejoice. He goes, think and not try, uh, concerning the fiery trials, which now that necessarily in a trial, but it is something that comes into your life and it could come a, a thousand different ways. We had a brother here the other day come up to me and said, hey, can I ask you a question? It was a compliment to me after, after I got done with the conversation. He goes, what's a Ruckmanite? I'm like, get out of here, man. I am called a Ruckmanite. I said, that's a cool thing, man. I'm a Ruckmanite. Somebody actually called me. I have, I have elevated to the status of a Ruckmanite. In a, in a nutshell, you know what a Ruckmanite is? It's somebody who believes the King James Bible is the word of God. Yeah. So Dwight O. Moody, who lived and died before Do, uh, Dr. Ruckman was ever born, was a Ruckmanite. And, and Charles Haddon Spurgeon, which believed the King James Bible is the word of God, was a Ruckmanite. Uh, John Gill, which was a Calvinist, but he, he believed the King James Bible is the word of God. Uh, as a matter of fact, King James thought the King James Bible was the word of God, and I guess he was a Ruckmanite. So, I mean, when you sit there and look like, you know what it is? People, they get to a place in life where they have no, and, and the brother sit there and goes, you know, nobody's ever told me, they'll tell me that you're, or what a Ruckman is, and be careful, but they won't tell me what a Ruckmanite is. That's exactly what people do. They, they resort to name-calling. And how you take that name-calling 
will be how your reaction is. And you're suffering for Jesus at that point. You don't think they're really not mad at you. They're mad at him. And you are the, the, the display of Jesus Christ on this planet. And if they can get you to get mad, it makes them feel better because you're more like them. And they never get under conviction. He says, beloved, think it not strange, First uh, Peter 4.12, concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you, as though some uh, strange thing has happened to you. And I've been through some things in life, and hopefully you have too. Uh, but rejoice. <laughs> There's got to be a place where there's like, yeah, man. I mean, I, I, I'm going to get it. I need a copy of that coming out of the cheese mess on the ship, man, because I was floating. I mean, the rest of it you can have. But just to know that once you jumped on this other side, you're on this side. And you, you know right then and there is like the Lord testing you on a few things here. And you pass the test. But the joy on that side, I can't even, I can't even put it in words, man. I mean, it's like I didn't care. I mean, you could have been Godzilla. I wouldn't care about you. You could have been King Kong. I wouldn't have cared who you were, man. I mean, I was so high that day when I would run down that aisle that, I mean, just a thought, man. The Lord says, uh, so aren't you going to go tell Master Chief uh, one year what you just did? Oh, yeah, that's a great idea too, man. So I shoot down to there's a Master Chief. You got it. And, and the, the thing, I mean, I just couldn't believe it. It's like blubbering coming out constantly because the joy was there because I knew that I did what the Lord wanted me to do. Did I suffer? Yeah, man. For four months, I had to put up with all kinds of garbage and spit on and everything else. But I'm telling you what, when it was all done, I'm still happy about that decision. I'm still happy. that, And you know who got the glory? Jesus Christ got the glory out of it. I didn't think that at first. But after, after several years past that, and I hear other things, I said, Lord, that's why you did it. He goes, yeah. You know what he told me? I was sitting there one time, and uh, we were sitting there talking, and he sent me that ship. And I prayed about that ship. You pray about something sometimes, brother, I'm telling you. <laughs> You better think about what you pray about because you pray, you have not because you ask not. When you ask, you ask amiss. If you ever get to the place where you don't ask amiss, I mean, you really ask out of the right heart, you're liable to get exactly what. Have you ever thought that maybe the Lord sometimes turns your heart to say the right thing? So that when you ask, you're asking for the right thing. And he sees back here on the back and says, oh, man, this is going to hurt. <laughs> and they're all up there in heaven laughing. I mean, they're not really laughing. They're up there, they're rejoicing with you. Because they know that when you get through that, what you're going to get to heaven for all eternity. You're going to have something to talk about. Don't you want to go to heaven and actually talk about something? Well, you know, I sit at home and watched uh, Jerry Falwell on TV. And Oral Roberts was asking for money. And, and J Joel Osteen was doing this and that. And, I mean, Michael and Gabriel are going to look at you like, what? <laughs> but boy, I tell you what, you'd, Paul, uh, can you imagine John the Baptist sitting there? Herod, you can't have Philip. You can't have Philip's wife. That's wrong. You're against God, brother. You're against God. And, and the next thing you know, he gets his head cut off. I mean, for all eternity, man, Michael go, hey, hey, John, can you tell me that story again? Haven't you ever had somebody come up and tell you to tell a story again? I've had little kids come up to me that's already grown up and say, hey, brother, could you tell that story again that you told back when I was a little kid? I'm like, what story? And they quoted that thing almost better than I did. I'm like, wait a minute, you need to add this here and here to make it sound really good. <laughs> but it's just sorry, he says, beloved thing, and I'm strange. Concerning the fiery trials, there's, you know, what I'm trying to say is we're going to go through some things. And you just got just to gotta keep going. You know why you come to church? Because you just need to. You say, why? Sometimes That doesn't matter, man. The sermon could be dead. Everything could be a dud. The singing could be bad. Uh, every, I really miss all the people, all the singers when they go, you guys are slugs, man. You all leave us and go other places and sing other places make them happy. and We don't have anything. But when you sit there and you said, well, Lord, yeah, but I still had a good time coming to church. 
I still got to see some friends. I still got to watch some people. We still got to laugh at each other. You still let, let the thing go by. It says, concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. It ain't nothing happened to you. That's normal. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers with, of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. When you go through stuff in this life and you really suffer for the name of Jesus Christ, uh, which over the last 42 years, there's a couple times I've had to do that. Not a lot, but a couple. And when you suffer for those things, you, you bet your bottom dollar he's going to take time in heaven to show that thing off. You don't ever have to worry about that. He, in heaven, I mean, he, I, know, I know it's going to go up there seven years, but you've got to remember every day with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is uh, a day. So down here when a day happens and seven years of tribulation, and that's 365 days or 360 days a year times seven, uh, up in heaven, if every one of those is a thousand years, then you're going to have seven years of thousand year periods up in heaven. He's going to have all the time in the world to talk about every single one of us. You ain't going to worry about him. You, next, 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 next. It ain't going to be the nice as, Brother Mike, come on up here. We're going to talk about you for a while. And, and some good things may come up, some bad things may come up, and gold, silver, and, and precious stones going to be there, and all the everything's, I'm going to be like this, burning stuff up, man, I'm on fire, fire. like, Lord, I'm on fire, I'm on fire, and, and, and you sit there and say, well, what is that? He's going to take some time with each and every one of us, and every time you went through something, you know why you need to grow. Now, you always hear me say, read your Bible, do this, do that, do this. You say, why? So that you can grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You can go beyond the milk and get to the meat. You never want to forget the milk because, believe me, there's other people going to come up behind you that need the milk. And you need to know how to be wise as a servant, harmless as a dove. You need to know how to give it to them when they need it. But us, we need to grow. Why? Because you're going to go through stuff if, if you be, verse 14, if you be, First uh, Peter 4, 14, if ye be reproached for the name of, of, of Christ, happy are ye. You know, a lot of times, I, uh, every time I was reproached for the name of Jesus Christ, I don't know if I was really happy. Because uh, in my mind, as a, as a baby Christian or as a young man, I always thought that everybody would just love Jesus. I just thought everybody would love Jesus. And you'd tell them about Jesus and they'd all run, oh, I want to hear about Jesus. Uh, have you ever been to jail? You ought to go to jail. Jail open your eyeballs up. You need to go to jail on a night when everybody's just miserable, where the, the jailers have been at everybody all day long, and they had to yank three or four people out and beat them up or whatever. And uh, then you get in there, and it's just like a bee's nest all stirred up. And I'm telling you, well, you really see the prisoners at that point, man. Isn't that right, Tom? You see them, man. They come out. They start talking to you, man. <laughs> and I mean, they, some of them, they ain't pleasant what they're talking about. And you just got to sit there and take it. I've had people say, I don't want to hear about your Jesus. And they'll make fun of him. Well, really what they're doing is making fun of you too. But, you know, when you sit there and start thinking about that, what a blessing that was that they seen that in you enough that they could say that about him in front of you. You ever hear somebody use God's name in vain and you just want to just punch them out and you don't? You know what you're doing? You're suffering for Jesus right there. The Lord never, he never corrected everybody and everything they did. He says, but, but 15, well, back to 14. He says, happy are ye for... The spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you, and their part, uh, on their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer. So you're not suffering, I'm going to tell you this right now, you're not suffering when you do wrong. He says a murderer, he goes on here, a murderer or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other man's matters. I've learned here probably lately that the best thing you can do is back away out of everybody's life. Except my wife's. 
and just let everybody live their lives the way they need to live them because that way it gives the Holy Spirit time to work in their lives. Be there for people. Help them when you can, but try to stay away from uh, Because you know what happens? You start getting involved in a, and you don't know the whole story. You really never, never know the story about anything in life. Verse 16, yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. It's got to start right here first. God puts us through some stuff so that he cleans us up a little bit. So on the other side, we don't. I think personally, that refrigerator fell because the Lord was trying to teach me something. Not her, me. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I deserve that. He goes, yeah, you did. And he let it fall again. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, whenever you do something, it's, you know, it's like, verily, verily. <laughs> did you hear me? Did you get it? Verily, verily. Once is not enough. Sometimes it takes twice. And I'm sitting there going, there just goes 500 bucks right out the window. I said, right out the window, man. If you know me and money, I hate, lose, I hate wasting money uh, foolishly. Sometimes I do, but boy, when you do it, and I'm sitting there watching that thing. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, get me out of here. Get me. I had to walk away. I had to walk away. You say, what is it? The Lord was saying, Mike, it's not about a refrigerator. It's about how you acted. You acted wrong. I acted wrong. You know, what I, you know what he taught me? In heaven, there's not freezers. Okay. And, and maybe you don't see the big deal. Maybe if you took that freezer and, and took it down south, you could have had a wreck on the way down there and and the glass could have all exploded down there. So he goes, it's not that big a deal. Is it a big deal? No, it's not a big deal. You know, we make life, so many things in life, a big deal. But he goes on, he goes, for the time, the judgment, it has to start at us. Verse 18, and if the righteous scarcely be saved. That's us. Brother, you know, we're just barely saved. Do you understand that? We are just barely, barely saved. If the righteous be barely saved, scarcely saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let him uh, that suffer according to the will of God commit uh, the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing. Go to first, second, first Peter, and then I've got a couple things to say, and I'll be done. First Peter 2. First Peter 2. This is a crazy set of passages. First Peter 2, 19. That one, oh, that other one was First uh, Peter 4, 12. This is First Peter 2, 19. For this is a thank, uh, for this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience uh, toward God endureth grief, suffering wrongfully. Uh, go back to verse eighteen. Servants, be subject to your master, with all fear. That's your boss. That's anybody you work for. That's anybody has control over what you're doing in life. You know, when you take a job, uh, you took the job and you said, "I will work for you." And the and no matter what the boss has in his mind. Uh, military life is great. Jonathan knows a little bit about that now. Uh, military life is great. And if you ever get to the place where you can you get above a certain place where you can figure the thing out, uh, you can play the game with them. I've had a captain one time look at me and says, he, he run me out of his office. I mean, he was mad. He wasn't mad. He was about ready to start laughing. And, but he had to be mad. And I was messing him up. And he was about ready to start laughing. And he couldn't laugh in the middle of the captain's mass. It just wouldn't look right. So he, he ran me out. I mean, he kicked me out of his office. I mean, here's a whole line of officers, XO all the way down to the criminal. And he kicks me out of his office. He comes later on. He says, Ellie, he said, you played my game. He said, you, you knew exactly what you were doing, and you played the game with me. And he goes, he goes that's messed up. 
I said, I know, man. I said, I knew exactly what he was doing. I knew exactly where he was headed, and I knew what he was thinking, and I did exactly what he was thinking. When you get to a place out there somewhere, you can start playing their game with them, and you can act, it's like playing a game of chess. You know that if they do this, this is going to happen. And if that, so I'm going to get like five or six moves ahead of this guy so he can never catch up to me and figure out what it is. And then, then the military is perfectly fine. But you work for somebody. I knew that that captain, he owned my life. My life was his. Uh, I couldn't do anything. This thing with the shots in the military, I disagree 100% with the military on this, not the people. If you give me an option, I'm going to take my options. They should have never gave an option. You're going to take the shot or you're going to the brig. That's what I would think. That's old school. Uh, and then I would figure a way out of not taking the shot, weasel my way out. That's what I would do. But, but they, they need to, they got a uniform military code of justice they should have followed, and they didn't. Uh, we got a weak military. Why? Because they just, they don't want to do anything. But that's not suffering wrongfully. Suffering wrongfully is when you do something and somebody blames you for something and you had nothing to do with it and you were doing the right thing and you got blamed for it. But, but if you endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what is, verse 20 says, for what glory is it if when you're buffeted for your faults, when you make a mistake and you blow it, you take it patiently. But when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently. That captain, when I left that ship, four months into that thing, he, he called me to his office the day I left the ship. I mean, I was, I was getting ready to leave the ship. I was getting ready to check out. E6. And he called me up there and he said, Mike, he said, I want to tell you, you've been a better ET in the last four months than you were on. He said, you're the best one I've ever seen. He goes, but in these last four months, we dumped on you and dumped on you and dumped on you and dumped on you. And, and brother, they did. I mean, I mean, I was like shooting up, skyrocketing, and then all of a sudden, <coughs> crash and burn. And it was all for Jesus. You say, what was that? I don't know. I get to heaven. I hope, it, I hope there was some value there for him. Uh, I know a lot of people got saved and a lot of other things happened. But that captain, when he said that, that captain ended up getting saved later on the road. But when he said that, what the Lord told me, he says, he goes, how did you do that? I said, all I had was Jesus in those four months. That's all I had. I'm on a ship with a thousand men out in the middle of the ocean, and they're all against me, and all I have is Jesus Christ. So I just, I just snuggled up under his wing as close as I could get, and I went and did what I was supposed to do, and I did it, and I did it, and I did it, and I did it. With no thought of anything else, I just said, I'm going to get as close to Jesus as I can and stay here because anywhere else I go hurts. And I'm just going to stay here and do what I'm supposed to do. And I reverted back to, you know, when they train us in the military, they train you fire, fire protection and they train you uh, and, and you do it in the middle of the night, general quarters, and everybody gets out of the rack and you have to run someplace and you got to be there in five seconds and you get there they say, okay, go back to bed. You say, what is all that? You know what they do? They're training you so when a real tragedy or, or, or thing happens, a real crisis happens, you don't think about what you're doing. You do what you're supposed to do. You know why the Lord does a lot of stuff to us sometimes? It's because there's a place out there somewhere where you're going to do something. And at that moment right there, you need to let him have control and do what you're supposed to do. And that's, that's where suffering comes in. Suffering's great, man. I think it's the greatest thing in the world. I'm not asking you to go out and find some way to suffer. You don't want to do that. But he goes right in his... He goes, for what glory is, is it if when you are buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently, but when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently. That's 1 Corinthians 6. This is acceptable with God. You know, sometimes, have you ever been in a place where you do something and you think you're doing good and somebody just takes it the wrong way? That happens all the time. The, the more you move up and the more you get into the limelight, the more you are a target. And Jesus Christ was the biggest target you've ever seen. This is acceptable with God. 
For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving for us an example that ye should follow in his steps. Verse 22, 1 Peter 2, 22, who did no sin. If you look at Jesus Christ's life, he did nothing wrong. Neither was God found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, he never, you ought to read the stories right there in the last part of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He took it, man. You're talking about taking it like a man. Gary Duty's got a song, Take It Like a Man. Uh, I'm telling you what, he took it like I, I just can't even, I, it's hard for me to even fathom how he took it. He just took it. And he took it, and he took it, and he took it, and he took it, and then he went to the cross and took some more, and then he gave up the ghost. And when he was done, he was finished. When he suffered, he threatened not. He told him one time, he said, you know, I, right now I can bring down 12 legions of angels. That's 72,000 angels. That's a lot of them. He only needed two or three. As a matter of fact, he didn't even need those. He could have spoke it and it would have happened. Verse 23, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Sometimes all you can do in a trial, and, and that's called growing, growing in grace and knowledge. The closer you get to him in life, uh, the more your relationship with him is. What you'll find in times like that, you'll, you'll find yourself going to him. Lord, I don't know what to do. Lord, what should I do? Lord, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Lord, I don't, know, I don't know how I can do this. I don't have the strength to do this. Uh, he's never going to ask you to do more than what you're supposed to do. I asked Beth to do more than what she was going to do. She should be doing. Uh, he would never do that. So I was in wrong. I was a failure right there. Who, when he was reviled, he never, verse 24 says, who, who his own self bear our sins in his body, own body, never said a word on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you are healed. For you were sheep gone astray, but now you returned unto the bishop, uh, the, the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Now, I said that. I like iced tea. I like hot tea. My wife makes me a glass of hot tea every night. I got a cup over there. And she used to put one tea bag in. I said put two because uh, I like my hot tea strong. Christians are like tea bags. Did you know that? You're like a tea bag. He goes, their real strength is not drawn until they get into hot water. You know when tea tastes about, have you ever, I can, I, can, I can chew coffee. I cannot chew tea. Tea is like, yeah. But boy, you put that bag of tea in that hot water, boiling hot water, all of a sudden the water starts turning like brown, and it starts getting darker and darker. You throw a second tea bag in there, it's like, it says, the Bible says, it does say that. It says where two are, two are better than one. The Bible says that. I think, and three, three, four cold is, I might have to try three bags in that thing, man. That's probably really, really good. But at least two, then that water gets really, you know, you don't get that. You just look at a tea bag, it never gets brown. Boy, you put it in, you put it in clear water, fresh water, and it takes, they put sun tea. Get out of here, man. That takes too long. I'm not that patient. I'm working on the patient thing. I want it, I want it right now. But you put two tea bags in there and you watch that thing and all of a sudden the tea bags start letting stuff out. You know when you shine the best is when there's pressure on you. Or when you fail the best, there's pressure on you. you got to get to the place where you go, Lord, I know that in this situation, and you should know the situation you're in. Now, where I fault my wife, if I can fault her anywhere, which I can never fault her because she's a perfect woman. But if I could fault her, she should have said no. <laughs> right then, she should have said, you know what she's trying to do is what I wanted her to do. And she should have just said no. I can't do that. And I, well, then she, yeah. <laughs> She should get in my face. <laughs> the second time it fails, she goes, I told you that out there in the parking lot, and I told you to get inside. <laughs> Christians, we're like teabags. Romans 8, 17 says this, and if children, then heirs. We're heirs. 
Brethren, if he suffered, we're going to have to suffer with him. Then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified with him. You know when you're suffering, you start glorifying? You're getting glorified? He's, he's taking away some of that dross off of you. So when you get to heaven, man, you're going to look a little bit cleaner than you are. He's going to work on you down there. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be uh, compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. To remind us, why, why do you suffer? Why do you suffer? Why? You say, Mike, why? Oh, it hurts. To remind others of the cross. Well, every time something happens, you can always take it back to the cross. You, you, it gives you a place where somebody says, I have a friend, Mike Shroud. Y'all pray for Brother Mike Shroud. He, uh, his mom and dad both died within eight days. Uh, their funeral is going to be Tuesday. Brother Mike, uh, it, he is one of the three men that actually put money up. This church is sitting here because of that man. And not only that, the parking lot you drive on out there is there because of that man. Uh, he, had a, he had a, I think he had a, uh, a line of credit against his house. And he, after he had left the church for some reasons that he, I mean, I understood why. It wasn't that he left the church. It's just that he just was overloaded by a lot of stuff. That, that line of credit was still part of what we had here at this church, and, and it was at our fingertips at any time I wanted. I'm talking about to the tune of $60,000, $80,000. Man, that man, and he was sitting there the other day, and Beth, Beth and uh, Robin seen him, and, and they, I guess he was just sitting there talking to him, having a good time, and he wasn't really tore up or anything else. And you wouldn't have known it. If he hadn't said that his mom and dad were dead, you probably wouldn't have even known it. And he mentioned that thing, and Mike is sitting there and just got some joy in him. You know, the Lord's going to look at that guy when he gets to heaven, and he goes, hey, man, everything that went on down here at Anchor Baptist Church, one-third of that is you. And he goes, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget it. I think Robin or, or Beth, one of them, said, was talking to him, said, hey, Mike just talked about you the other day. Yeah, I talk about Mike all the time. Uh, Mike's a blessing, man. I mean, the guy came in, and he helped us do something and got us to a place. And, and the Lord uses people like that all the time. Uh, it's to remind you of, of others of the cross. There's always that Jesus is out there, man. You can't ever forget that. And, and the things we go through in life and the trials we're going through, you, you got to say, well, the Lord went through this. Job went through this. Oh, man. Number two, to keep them from being exalted in the flesh. Paul had a thorn in the flesh over in 2 Corinthians. He said, of such a one will I glory. Yet of myself I will not glory. But in my affirmities, though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth. But, not, uh, but now I forbear, lest any man should think above me that which... Uh, you know what's wrong with most of us is we're trying to always be the center of attention. Paul never was the center of attention. Paul was always lifting up... That's why I love Dr. Rutman. I love Dr. Rutman, man. I love that guy. That old guy, man, he just... He was never the center of attention Jesus Christ was. He always got himself off to the side. And, and people sit there, when, when they looked at him, they, when you look at a man, there's where most of our problem is. You look at a man and you're going to get upset. If that man can get you to Jesus Christ and you keep your eyes on Christ, guess what? You'll never get upset. Paul goes on and he starts talking there. And he goes, uh, he goes unless I should be exalted above measure, 2 Corinthians 12, 7, through the abundance of the revelations, and he had it, everything you have, if it wasn't for Paul, our churches wouldn't even be here today. He said, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Something to just remind me. Hey, Paul, you still, I like the way Dr. Roman always said, he goes, he goes, you know why a dog has fleas? You know what, you know what, something about a dog, he goes, he goes, you know why you have fleas? To remind you you're a dog. He said, you never want to forget that you're still a dog. He goes, the Lord leaves fleas around us sometimes just to keep your, keep you in, keep your mind. 
You know, ah, it didn't work out the way I thought it should. Yeah, well, that refrigerator didn't work out the way I thought it was. I mean, I did everything. I was sitting there laughing. I mean, the Lord stopped me down in, in, in uh, Cincinnati and says, you know, if you don't put something between those glasses, it's going to break. <laughs> and I stopped, and I mean, it was like, oh, man, he's right. I know what, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to drive all the way. I'm going to bust in glass on the way home. Then I'm going to get mad. So then I get up here, and they fall off the trailer and break. I'm like, you already knew they were going to break. Why didn't you just break them down there? And <laughs> you already knew this. You know everything. Why didn't you just? And he goes, because I wanted you to see that you were going to get upset about nothing. And then you did it in front of your wife, which is worse. I'm like, rats, man. Now i got to figure out some manly way to apologize to her so it don't look like a, a, a wimp. Did I do it? Okay, cool. Now I'm back to the man thing again. Yes. To keep from being exalted. Man, you don't want to be ever exalted too high. If everything keeps going right for you all the time, uh, you need your balloon popped. You need your, your air let out, man, because otherwise you're just going to think it's all about you and what uh, you... We need, we need to exceed, to excel in some things. But you got to watch out excelling things, man. Sometimes it just, that stuff will get in the way, man. All of a sudden you'll think you're something you're not. And my, my stuff is not down here. My stuff is up in heaven. To teach patience. You know why I, you know, I have trials and tribulations? You think the patience is just yours? If I had to just sit there yesterday and say, oh, amen, look, Beth, that's, that's fine. Let's, let's pick it up and we'll get it back up and let's roll it in there. The second, oh, look at that. Let's, let's do this a third time. <laughs> As a matter of fact, hell, let's just kick it over. <laughs> I mean, just calm down and just keep on. And just, let's hit it with a truck, man. Let's take it out there and just run over it in the parking lot. <laughs> but you know what happens? We don't do that. We, we let our tempers go just a little bit right then and there. Lord, you know what he does? He shows you you still got flesh. You're still human. You still hadn't got out of here yet. One of these days... Brethren, we're going to go to 1 Peter 2.20 says, For what glory is it if when ye are buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently? I didn't do this other part. But, but if when you do well, you suffer for it. I didn't take the buffeted for, I, I didn't, I didn't, no part of that, man. That last night was no part of that. Uh, I, I learned last night that I cared more about that refrigerator and worried more about that refrigerator than I did my wife's feelings, which was wrong. To prove, to prove the devil that God has somebody who can take it. You look at Job. I'm just about done. You look at Job. You know what Job did? He got through that whole thing for, for 3,500 years. Don't go nowhere. I just want to look at something real quick. Job is 1520 B.C. So yeah, that's, that's 3,500 years men have been reading the book of Job. And for 3,500 years they've watched Job go through everything he went. And his wife said, curse God and die. He said, blessed, he said, woman, the Lord giveth the Lord, take it away, blessed be the name of the Lord. He wouldn't do it. He said, and all this Job never sinned. You know what, for 3,500 years, I can't wait to get to heaven to meet Job. Why? Because he did some perfect things down here. But the Lord had to get him to it. He lost 10 kids in a day. He lost all his wealth in a day. He lost all his servants in a day. The only thing the Lord let him keep was his wife. I didn't figure that one out. But he kept her. And she was the thorn in his... You've you got to have somebody to push the thorn in. If you take everybody away, there's nobody to push the thorn in. And the Lord says he left the thorn in Paul and to let him remember who he was. So she, the wife was sitting there. But brother, I mean, she lost 10 kids too. Her whole life was right there. It didn't say he had concubines and everything else. So by the text, you almost have to understand that's, that's her 10 kids. And her status in, the, in the, the world she was in, all that was gone in one day. 
Uh, and, I mean, she was hurting just as bad, but Job got through that thing to bring honor and praise to his name. Man, I tell you what, he did it. Job proved to the devil that God has somebody. did it twice. Twice. He did that to me yesterday twice, and I failed twice. Peter failed. Job didn't. Job got through it. Why do you suffer? To bring honor and praise to his name. Acts 5.14, for believers were more added. Man, I tell you what, when, when the Lord put the pressure in Acts down on those people, on the church, they shined. And the world saw it. They already heard about Jesus Christ. They knew it. But now here's his disciples, and they're shining like, like they're just shining all over the place. And you know what you need to do? You need to shine. We need to shine. 2 Timothy 2.21, I'll stop right here. If a man therefore purge himself of these. you got to let this, this world go off to the side. You got to let some of this stuff go. You got to learn. We got brethren, suffering is coming in our lives. Don't do stuff that's going to make you suffer. Don't do things wrong. Uh, don't, don't go out and do things that the law is going to come get you and lock you up. Don't do that. Because if you do that, don't speed. If you speed, pay the ticket. Uh, don't, don't do over 10 because they might have to lock you up. But, I mean, whatever you do, try to not do anything to get in trouble. And then when trouble comes... Learn how to handle it because it's going to come and you're not going to get away from it. That's our life. But the Lord is, is, is he's like putting the heat under there like a crucible. And all that stuff is coming to the top and he's scooping it off. And, and then he's putting more heat on it and more stuff comes up and he scoops it off. And then he puts the heat on it and more stuff comes up and he scoops it off. And one of these days we take our last breath and we go to heaven. And when we get there, he's going to look at, we're going to shine when we come in. If we can let him take it off down here. And understand that, hey, this, the process is down here. For us. For the world, it's not. Brethren, for the lost people, this is their heaven. And I tell you, when they die and they go to a place called hell, it's for eternity. And no amount of fire will ever take that off of them. You know why we go to jails? You know why we go out on the streets when we do? You know why we go knocking door to door? You know why you try to win somebody to Christ and you're at work and a testimony? You've got to get to the place where I know that, hey... Trials are going to come in my life, but people are watching those, and they don't have what you have, and they're going to look for it. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Lord, help us, Lord, to be lights in this, in this dark and, and dismal world. Uh, Lord, help us to see that we are the lights. We, we never have a light, and we put it under the bushel and let it uh, just disappear, Lord. That's uh, not what we do. Lord, that light is supposed to be out to shine. And, Lord, you come back and trim it from time to time uh, like anybody would do. And, Lord, as you trim, uh, Lord, sometimes the trimming hurts. Uh, but, Lord, it's, all, it's for our good. It's for everything about us, Lord, that we can shine more and shine more about you. Uh, Lord, help us to always uh, and never forget that, Lord, our, our time here is limited. Uh, Lord, we don't know how much time that's going to be. We could live a long time. Brother Mike uh, Shrout and, and Bill has lost their mom and dad. And, Lord, I just pray that you just comfort them and, and their family during this time. Uh, Lord, and uh, do thank you for Brother Mike. He's always a, a, a pleasant soul to me. And Lord, he's still in my mind. He's a, he's a good man and a good friend. Lord, I just pray that you'd bless him and his family. Uh, Lord, again, thank you for letting us come to church tonight. Uh, help us get home safely before the storm comes. And Lord, just thank you for the storm coming. Lord, I know there's a blessing in it. Uh, Lord, there's, uh, there's nothing that you ever do or allow to happen that isn't a blessing. And Father, thank you for all the things you do. And, and teach us, Lord. Help us never to become unteachable. Uh, Lord, help us always be ready and, and willing at any given time to change our minds and thoughts about what we are. And Father, again, thank you for your blessings. Uh, bless the prayer service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. There are no donuts tonight. Sorry about that. We knew that. That's, that's something you ought to be thankful and glorifying God about. Uh, uh, Sandy called a little while ago, and I should have caught it, uh, but I didn't.
uh, and she said that she wasn't going to come tonight because she has a bad hip. So y'all pray for her. Uh, they, they got her in a uh, full leg cast where she can't move her hip, her knee. Her knee. But isn't it, uh, isn't it from her hip down? Yeah, the braces from the hip down. So y'all.